The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews of the following program are solely of the individuals and are not the views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Coven, the unofficial American Horror Story Coven internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Monday, October 14th, 2013, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Here on Are You Afraid Coven, we are going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the hit FX series. We are going to deliver directly to you the biggest news regarding American Horror Story Coven. So you're going to get all of the casting scoops episode titles, ratings reports, and spoilers during the latter half of the show. Don't worry, we're going to warn you with a spoiler alert. Please welcome my fantastic co-hosts. They're each super fans of the American Horror Story series. I'm going to introduce the co-hosts in the order that they signed up for this broadcast. So first up, we have Deadly. Hey, that's right, that's right. Thanks for having me. On the show, yeah. Next up, we have Cat's Meow. Meow, what's going on? That was loud. I'm sorry, but I don't have like a headset. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, it's broken. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, all three of you guys. Be quiet. And last but not least, we have Darielle. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm happy to be here. Hers was really fucking loud. Maybe your thing is turned up too loud. Maybe it is. You guys are right. So, <laughs> listeners, this is our dysfunctional family, much like the Harmons of season one. So <laughs> let let me continue introducing you to these interesting co-hosts, and we'll start off with a bit of icebreaker so that the listeners can get to know each of you individually. So, my question for you is. In season one and season two, who was your favorite character? So I want you to list a favorite character from season one and a favorite character from season two. And we're going to start off with Darielle. Oh, and also Uh, need to know why. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, My favorite from season one had to be... Oh, God, so long ago. Um, I'm going to say Violet because she, I could, I guess I could relate to her more. Just kind of like a small fish, big pond place. And I don't know, she was really close to her mom toward the end when her and her mom fought those burglars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you like to have sex with ghosts. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and as far as season two... Oh, you know what? Can I retract my answer for the first one? I'm going to say Tate for the first one. I take that back. I love Tate. Number for season two, my favorite. I don't remember um, the, I don't remember her name, but the chick who ended up being the devil 
Sister Eunice. Yeah, yes. she was everything. Yeah, her, she, because she started off so sweet and innocent, but I knew from the very beginning while watching it, I was like, something's up with this chick. And then she ended up being like Satan himself. So, I mean, that's that's who I like. Sister Mary Eunice in second season and first season, I like Tate. Mm-hmm. I guess I should re uh, say why I like Tate. I like Tate because he was just, he had that crazy kind of, deal but like he was very likable for whatever reason he was nuts but he was very personable so kind of like me you know so (laughs) okay no firearms for darielle cat's meow same question girl okay i have to stop being so loud because i can't remember i I can't remember that I don't have a headset on. But my favorite character in the first was, of course, Constance, because she has that nice Southern charm about her, and she didn't give a fuck. She she did not care, but you can tell that she definitely was very family-oriented, but not um, the typical family-oriented type of mother. But I thought she was everything. I love Jessica Lang. I think she's an amazing actress in her face. Whoever does her work, I'm going to be looking for them when I'm like 40 years old. I said that same thing. She's everything. She like, I mean, you can tell like she's had work done, but it's not like, she doesn't look like the cat lady. Like she's just amazing. And of course, (laughs) my second, my character uh, in the second, I don't know. It's honestly a tie. I really liked Miss Lana Banana and I really, uh. I liked, I can't remember what Jessica Lange's character's name was in the second one. Yes, I lived for Sister Jude because the bitch was, she had everything. She had everything. She had the attitude, her whole, uh, her being nasty and having her whole fantasy with her sleeping with the priest. That right there. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be, I want to be Sister Jude when I grow up. I want to be that without the nun. I want to be like sexy and so you're gonna wear whatnot. red please. panties under your clothes. <laughs> I would please. I'm gonna like become a nun for a little bit just so I can wear silky red lingerie underneath my habit, just so I can be like y'all don't know what I got underneath here, but I do. But I loved. I, it was so hard. There were so many like memorable characters, but of course, like everyone's gonna pick Lana. But I really did enjoy Sister Dude, uh, Sister Jude. I just didn't like her. Um, the ending of her story. That's all. the only thing I didn't yeah, like. But yeah, was- it just left everything in the air. And I, I don't like shit like that. Deadly. Same questions. Well, well, you know, I'm probably going to have to go with Tate also. You know, some little rubber man. Of course you say that. The whole, <laughs> yeah, I was digging the whole rubber scene. And, but you know, I also like the Down Syndrome girl. And I don't oh, know her yes. Name. Oh, Addie. Her name is Addie. Addie. <laughs> yeah, she I love her. She's a pretty girl. Girl. Wait for me. I live for her. I live for her. And I was sad when she disappeared too early on. And yeah. then on the, in season two, I would have to say Pepper. No one said <gasps> Pepper. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot all about Pepper. Pepper. Like, yeah, Pepper was my girl. Like, and she cool. disappeared early, too, for a while. No. Pepper was everything. Pepper was everything, especially Thank when uh, Sister Jude was like, uh, she was like, and why don't we allow food in, in the rooms? And she was like, rats. <laughs> that was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I have ever heard. Right there. That was that was going to be my uh, my text message alert. It's going to be rats every time <laughs> I get a text. <laughs> yeah, I live for Pepper. You're right. Yeah, Shout she out was to Pepper. Everything. 
Yes. Okay, and my favorites, season one, I have to agree, Constance. Constance was everything. I mean, she was the show, in my opinion. Jessica mm-hmm. Lang made the show, in my opinion, the success it was. She was phenomenal. She deserved the Emmy that she won for Constance. She was amazing. I mean, it was... She took a character that was so despicable in the way that she treated people and the way that she treated her own daughter and the way that she treated everyone around her she was a bigot she was a racist she was a homophobe but for some reason you were rooting for the lady i don't know why exactly i don't know it's just something different about her like like you said yeah she's like this horrible person but there was something about her that made her likable yeah when you found out her story Whenever she was on the screen, you just had to watch. Everybody shut the fuck up. Constance on TV. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And for season two, I have to go with Sister Mary Eunice. I thought Lily Rabe was a find in season two. Yes, she was in season one. She had that very small role as the nutsy cuckoo Nora, the um, mad scientist, for lack of a better word, the mad doctor's wife. That created the right, Infantata, right. but uh, she was, in my opinion, very forgettable in season one. But season yeah. two, she owned Sister Mary Eunice. We got to see her for an episode and a half as this weak, subservient girl who um, sort of idolized, for lack of a better word, Sister Jude. And then, bam, you know, once that boy got exercised, his uh, demonic spirit, the devil, you know, went out of him and went directly into her. And she went buck wild for the remaining episodes that she was in. She owned every scene that she was in. She was very convincing as this menacing evil presence. So it was really good. A really great job by Lily Rabe as Sister Mary Eunice. She definitely kicked ass, and I like the fact that uh, they gave her a different part because I didn't really care for her in the first American Horror Story because she was always crying and shit and always, like, her nose was always <laughs> wet and she always looked like she was just on the verge of a breakdown. I understand why she was, but I'm going to have to give it up to uh, uh, Dr. Harmon's, like, she don't even deserve her name because she was a hoe and she was scary. <laughs> But when she said, you got to stop this crying shit, that was the only time I'm like, yes. Yeah, would you please? Your nose always looks like it's wet. You look like a fucking, like a, a sad dog that's always just moping and weeping and crying. <laughs> but when they gave her the part of, because you know I'm right, though. That bitch was always crying. And then just like, uh, the, I have a hole in the back of my head, bitch. It's been how many years? You know damn well that hole has always been there. Find something new to cry about. Cry about the fact that you don't know what the fuck a microwave is and it's in your home. Cry about that. Stop crying about shit you can't change and the fact that your son is a fucking animal. I can't have the in here, no. No, like, no, what no. the fuck? Bitch, you gonna have it. You know why? You gonna have it? Because you did it to yourself. You could have been cute and you could have died somewhere else, but you had to die in that house with your damn son that looks something off a damn troll, too. Don't. Bloody hell. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> You'll be like, yeah, he looks like that something off a troll. Yes, he does. So passionate. And that, listeners, is Cat's Meow. So let's jump into the season premiere of American Horror Story Coven. We're going to start off as we will be doing here on Are You Afraid with the official synopsis of the episode. First off, we actually have the press release that 
shares the season three storyline, so I'm going to read that first. Over 300 years have passed since the turbulent days of the Salem Witch Trials, and those who managed to escape are now facing extinction. Mysterious attacks have been escalating against their kind, and young girls are being sent away to a special school in New Orleans to learn how to protect themselves. Wrapped up in the turmoil is new arrival Zoe, who is harboring a terrifying secret of her own. Alarmed by the recent aggression, Fiona, the long-absent Supreme, sweeps back into town, determined to protect the coven and hell-bent on decimating anyone who gets in her way. Now I'm going to read the official press release for episode 301, which is titled, Bitchcraft. Mm. A young girl, Zoe, is shattered to discover she possesses a strange genetic affliction, tracing back to the dark days of Salem. Zoe is whisked away to Miss Robichaud's Academy for Exceptional Young Ladies, a mysterious school in New Orleans devoted to safeguarding the few remaining descendants who share this unique bloodline. Harboring a secret agenda, Fiona Good, the most powerful witch of their generation, returns to town reigniting old rivalries with the coven's deadly enemies, the Voodoo. And then we have the official episode synopsis, so I'm going to read that too, and then I'm going to get everyone's initial first reaction to the episode. So here's the official episode synopsis of Bitchcraft. 1834, New Orleans, the evil and perverse Madame LaLaurie, who bathes in the blood of others in an attempt to stay young, punishes a servant for having been seduced by her daughter Pauline by transforming him into a beast, not by magic, but by far more gruesome means. Today, Orlando, Florida, teenage Zoe Benson, upon losing her virginity, learns in a terribly horrific way that she's a witch. It runs in her family, who descended from the witches of Salem, but only manifests in some of her family, not all of it. None of the real witches at Salem were burned. They escaped suspicion and fled to New Orleans. Zoe is forcibly sent to a witch's boarding school there, Miss Robichaud's Academy for Exceptional Young Ladies, never to see her mother again. There, after a terrifying ordeal, she meets her new classmates, spoiled brat teenage movie star Madison Montgomery, who can move objects with her mind, the feisty Queenie, a human voodoo doll who can inflict her wounds on the person who gave them to her, and Nan, who has Down syndrome and is clairvoyant. Zoe also meets the headmistress, Cordelia Fox, and mute, sullen butler, Spalding. In its heyday, the school had over 60 students, but today witches are a dying breed. Zoe learns that most witches learn a few spells, but in each generation there is a supreme who embodies countless magical gifts, perhaps all of them. But Cordelia also warns Zoe that their kind are still under threat of being persecuted and burned alive, like young Misty Day, who terrified the folks at her church when she discovered she could raise the dead. We next meet Fiona, a wealthy witch obsessed with eternal youth, and frustrated that her attempts to obtain it, both scientific and magical, continually end in failure. She is Cordelia's mother, and they have a fraught history. While Cordelia wants to teach the girls to live peacefully, Fiona, who is the Supreme, wants to teach them to make the world fear them. Meanwhile, Madison takes Zoe to a frat party, where Zoe meets the sweet, 
grounded Kyle, but the other frat boys are not so kind and will regret the horror they visit upon Madison. Later, Fiona takes the girls to visit the home of the legendary Madame LaLaurie, who we learn was killed by the voodoo queen as revenge for her murder of her lover. And Nan sees ominous portents of the future. So... Before delving deep into the episode, let's get some initial reactions to the episode. Once you were done seeing the episodes, that one hour and 12 minutes with commercials episode, what were your thoughts? And we'll start off with Deadly. Man, this was just giving me some witches of Eastwick mixed with uh, Carrie, some Bewitched. You know, I was thinking this was facts of life. Imagine if they were witches. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the whole whole boarding school. In Blair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe Queenie might be Natalie and and uh, Tootie. I don't know, maybe that was Madison. No, that'd be Blair. Blair would be Madison. Yeah. Anyway, it, it was giving me everything. Just give me so many things. I I was loving it right away. I'm, I think this is going to be better than see the season number two. I don't know. I. It's hard because, like, with season two, the first uh, episode of season two, it started off with a bang. There's a lot of blood and there's a lot of gore. So it was just like, bam, bam, bam. You're seeing all this crazy stuff. You're seeing sex. You're seeing someone's arm being ripped off. You're seeing they're going back in time. Like, there was so much to focus on. And when I watched the first episode, I did get a little bit of maybe an after-school special about not having sex before you're married kind of feel. I felt that a little bit. And then I also, like, I, I saw, um, as far as seeing uh, Madame LaLaurie and her whole beauty regiment, for some reason, Elizabeth Bathory, um, who is someone who's from the uh, 15, I'm sorry, 14 or 1500s, I'm not sure. And she bathed in virgin's blood, thinking that it held, um, a, what is it, a, 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 almost a fountain of youth effect. Like and that's that what I got. Like that who? Yes. When, girl, when she <laughs> said, look at this waddle, I've, I fell off the couch. I fell <laughs> off the couch. Because in my eyes, Kathy Bates plays incredible crazy characters when she played homegirl and misery she i'm pretty sure that that girl in misery and and fucking madame de delalori they were in the same bloodline because them bitches is nuts but i i absolutely there was a lot of shocking points in it and it was it was kind of some parts were really hard for me to watch because i just i don't really deal well with uh certain forced sexuality scenes i really don't like that kind of stuff but it was something about it um it's very i can tell it's very campy right now and i hope that they that was just kind of a first episode kind of deal because i would hate for it to be like little wisecracks here and there but that's what i love is the one-liners you had to love really you had had to love when when the slave says why are you doing this and she's like because i can't like, yeah, it's just, they're oh. setting the scene for what's to come. Yeah, they're getting all of that like out that, of the way, just so they can start, you know, building up, you know, getting more in depth at, as to each person's character. I know after watching this episode, I have a newfound love for Emma Roberts. You know, I just used to think of her as that little girl on Unfabulous on Nickelodeon, and now to see how much she's transformed, I she's kind of like the stereotypical mean bitch kind of thing, but. At that frat party, I've I've seen stuff like that. Not, you know, them running trains, but I've seen them try to, you know, lure girls like that. And to see how she, you know, fit, handled it 
it's kind of like I felt for her in that moment, kind of like rooting for the bad guy kind of thing. You know, it was a bad thing for her to do, but at the same time, you were like, well, shit. That's what I would have done, too. It's how she did it, though. Like, the fact that she couldn't get out of bed. And as soon as... Someone... Can you please get Zoe? Girl, you dressed... You... I understand you trying to... You trying to run behind this bus. But you in heels and a tiny ass dress. And trust me, you ain't getting nowhere. Why would you run by yourself? But when... When I'm telling you... When that girl came out... I'm sorry, um... When Madison came out and she walked up and she was looking, I bitch, I ain't got time for this. Flipped that bus her. and walked away. I said, she flipped that bus like she just flipped her hair. Dude. I know. It was that bus so was a hair flip. Okay. Oh she didn't give a fuck. She was like, girl, bye. And then she flipped it and she was like, Pfft. the way that she was walking, she was like, bitch, let's go. I've been to better, I've been to better bar mitzvahs. <laughs> and then just left it at that. Like that's like, what no, she looked I like. I didn't just like, I'm not the train ran on me or anything. I didn't. That I know. didn't happen. Get on your I, broom. Let's go. I just love how you can kind of get in depth already in the first episode as far as what each person's power is. I'm kind of glad they mm-hmm. all introduced them all in one episode rather than you going through each of the seasons to figure it out. I I think later on in the episodes they'll kind of you know delve more into it uh, as far as more detail. But I like right off the bat. Uh, old girl from Precious, she's a voodoo doll, and then the little one who played Addie first season, you know, she has an ESP, she has all of this stuff, you figuring it all out, you're like, okay, so what's to expect from these powers, and I really liked how they just introduced that. Yeah, I thought it was a really good, it was a really... She has power of She can, uh, she kills people when she sleeps with them. It's kind of like someone... She fucks them to death. Yes. I, I feel like they could have tweaked her power a little bit more, more or less g- actually give her that since she is so very innocent and almost like she has this almost doe like appearance. I hope that they really tweak it and be like, this bitch can really almost um, like, oh, what's that damn girl off of X-Men? She has the power. She has the touch of persuasion. Rogue. I can't remember her name. No, no not, not Rogue. Not Rogue. It was. Definitely. It's one of like Logan's lovers, but when she touches you, she can persuade you to do something she wants. And I hope that's what her power evolves into. She has a uh, maybe a touch of persuasion, and uh, and then she can fuck people to death. Literally, it's it's very basic. It's very mm-hmm. basic. Because, but yes. I feel like maybe they can kind of spin it. You know, kind of make her into a, a sultry seductress that kind of fucks you up in a way (laughs) exactly like just kind of turn it around because it's kind of like okay i kill people when i have sex so i can just wear a chastity belt all my life it's kind of boring it's not boring (laughs) but you know it's really controllable right now so i feel like hopefully she gets more in tune with the power maybe it spreads when she screams instead of i don't know like it's just it's just very (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think they're they're going to change her power i think whatever the power it is it is ryan murphy has said that all of the powers that were given that they created or that they made these characters have were real powers that were assumed to be had by women that were accused to be witches so there were women you know in the 1800s that were accused of being able to basically fuck men to death that were you know clairvoyant that had telekinesis that could do this that or the other so they're all based on real things women were accused of uh, 
Okay, doing. so they did their research. They did some research. Which one of those would you want, Poppy? Which one of those? Well, you know what? I was actually going to ask all of you this question. So, well, let me first give my opinions on the premiere. And then I'm actually going to ask each one of you what you would have. So start thinking Uh about it. Um, I thought it was an excellent first episode. I thought it was one of the strongest premieres in this franchise series thus far. I think the setup was amazing. I think that this season is like the strongest ensemble that they've ever had. I mean, when you have Jessica Lange, Kathy Bates, and Angela Bassett on a show, you know Mm -hmm. it's going to be killer. So I thought all of the characters were introduced very well. I thought we really got the chance to understand the different dynamics. I mean, to have two women that we've seen... In every season, in Jessica Lange and Sarah Paulson, play such an antagonistic role, but in such a different way than Lana and Sister Jude last season was phenomenal to see. I mean, the woman hates her mother, and you can kind of see, even though she's this steely demeanor, that she really wants her daughter's love and respect. So that was fantastic to see play out, and I truthfully can't wait to see what they have under their sleeves because the premiere was completely different than what I anticipated, especially after reading all of the the sneak peeks and the spoilers and things like that. I could not have imagined a better premiere. So let's jump into this question that Deadly posed and – This is a question for everyone. If you could have one of the powers that was shown in this episode, which one would you have? So the powers that we saw was clairvoyance, where you can read people's minds. There was the necromancy, where you can bring back the dead. There was fucking someone to death. There was telekinesis. (laughs) And there was the human voodoo doll. Which of these powers would you have? We'll start off with Cat's Meow. That's a really hard question. Um, I liked the um, I liked the possibility of being clairvoyant, but I I don't like surprises. I mean, not surprises. I don't like uh, knowing everything. I like things to kind of be a mystery to me. And me being nosy, I always feel like I'd just be like, mm-hmm, I know what that person is thinking across the room, what you thinking? Like, I just don't think that that would work for me. I really like telekinesis. I really like the fact because I'm lazy and I would, <laughs> love to, <laughs> I would love to just be able to sit on my couch and just direct everything like, from Like, come there. over here, bowl of mac and cheese. No, no, let's get fancy about it. Like, if, I, if my powers were super good, I'd be like, come on, steak from Applebee's. Like, <laughs> and come <laughs> to my apartment and come through That's my window. And no, right. But, and then the other one that kind of, that, that piqued my interest for some reason was being able to bring something back to life. And I don't know if it was, um, Holloway that Lily Rapp played that character that made it intriguing to me because never before I never really had any interest in bringing anything back to life but she has almost this weird Stevie Nicks 70-ish hippie flair about her and very light and very just flowy and just almost I just want to see like what she speaks like and see if she's very breathy when she talks for some reason she seems very 
I don't know. Just I don't know. That's the only reason that I would I would be semi interested in is, is the way that I see that she's portraying the character already. But girl, bring on the telekinesis. I'm ready to make some sandwiches by just sitting <laughs> on my couch. So, um, I would probably agree. Um, I don't really care too much what people are thinking. So clairvoyance would not be something I would be interested in because I don't give a damn what you think. I'm just that's you. You can tell me that in person. Hey. So, yeah, telekinesis. <laughs> telekinesis seems like I agree. I'm 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 lazy sometimes, and I want to be like Emma Roberts. You know, when someone pissed me off. Oh, okay, that's how you feel. Let me just you know, flash your ass on a wall. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Flip that bus, girl. Flip that bus. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> what you do. You want to try me? That's what you're doing today. Okay, how about this? Let me bust you down by using my mind, like Carrie does or yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'm gonna have to say that human voodoo doll. I mean, because that that scene tonight with the uh, spoiler alert thing, just the, the scene tonight with the Queenie, precious Gabrielle Sidibe, and just I mean, just seeing that thing, you know, whatever she tortures herself with is affecting someone else. Just oh, that just got to me, and just just the whole thing with the voodoo. Just, I've been interested in that since uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw Angel Heart and Lisa Bonet years ago. And, oh, and now that's the just, movie that yeah. pissed off Bill Cosby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Bill Cosby <laughs> was chicken like blood, chicken blood all over her. I'm exactly. taking away your. Oh wait, I'm up. I'm mad that you called her Queenie Precious. <laughs> no, he said he said he said Precious. <laughs> I'm, said, I'm saying all her names. <laughs> Queenie, Queenie Precious <laughs> Gabrielle <laughs> Sidibe. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gabby. Wherever yes. you are. Whatever her name is. Gabby, Gabby. No, yes. her name is Forever Precious. He's right. She, Dudley she is right. She can't run away from that like she was running with that. Exactly. She's always going to be precious. That's like Oprah trying to run away from her character in the color purple. That was Oprah. Okay. <laughs> that was Oprah. All right, Poppy. What, what about you, Poppy? I actually would like clairvoyance because I'm nosy and I'm not going to apologize for that. You really are nosy. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. <laughs> I mean, it's plain and simple. I think it would be fun. I think it would be interesting. The only thing I think would be difficult would be to like hone it in so that you're not just hearing like a crap load of people talking and it's all white noise like to be able to hone it in and like listen to one person like that would be kind of awesome i think it would be interesting see what people are really thinking what people are not telling you so i think that would be kind of fun i just want to be the supreme that's it. Yeah. <laughs> when you're supreme, you can do anything. That's why. That's why I didn't mention the supreme or um, the voodoo queen because they as seem long, to have other powers. As long as I could live lavishly and be that just fucking amazing as the supreme, like uh, like Jessica Lang is portraying her to be. Oh yeah, I'll be the supreme. I'll be a taco supreme, a burrito supreme, whatever the fuck you want me to be. As go long, be. Go be Diana Ross. As long. Oh yeah, I will lead. I would. I will do whatever you want as long as I get to live lavishly like that. The girl, she's, I've never seen someone make Coke look so glamorous before in my life. I'm, oh, like, I, yeah, I couldn't scene. believe that. I, I was like, scene. Jessica Lang is doing Coke. Yes, okay. the fact that this, she was dancing. And the, the one thing I have to point out about this character, she's very sensual. And when they said that they, that Brian Murphy said that they want 
Jessica Lange, Jessica Lange wanted to play a, a more glamorous character, they hit it spot on. Because not only, like, to me, for some reason, she reminds me of, of Anna Wintour or something. Just somebody who's very glamorous. They don't give a fuck. They know that they could, they could, they could fuck your ass up in a minute. And for her, her dancing and being sensual, for some reason, it wasn't like looking at my grandmother being sensual. It was like seeing... Because she is snatched. She looks beautiful. Yes, the, the bitch was... <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. That bitch was snatched for the gods. She's amazing. Hey, I, can I give you a tidbit about the song she was dancing to? Uh, that song was sampled by Nas and like one of my favorite hip-hop songs called Hip Hop Is Dead. Yes. See, Jessica Lacey... She knows what's up. She knows what's up. She really does. So Mm -hmm. let's explore some of the characters, especially some of the ones that we haven't had the chance to really discuss. And so we'll start off the opening scene, Madame Lalari. We're introduced to her in her home in 1834. She's in New Orleans. The near majority of New Orleans um, residents are French speakers. There's a large population of free African-Americans alongside a large population of slaves. And Bates is there at her home. She's basically offering her daughters to gentlemen callers, you know, potential wealthy men that will marry them. And, of course, she has a naughty daughter that knows words that are very freaky for the time, like boudoir. (laughs) When she said that, she was so nasty like for exactly. some reason all i can imagine is those bitches that sit in the back of the bus and that's all i can think about i'm like yeah this was 21st century your ass be sitting in the back of the bus trying to flirt with every damn thing that walks your way but the fact that she was just like mother i know my place but girl maybe it is in the boudoir girl <laughs> yes. you nasty as hell i caught herpes just listening to your ass speak oh, oh my god what are you doing <laughs> She tried it. She did. Yes. And so we get to know Madame Lalori a little bit more. We see her applying blood to her face in a vain attempt to maintain her youth. To her waddle. Yes, to her waddle. (laughs) And then the daughter, the horny daughter, Pauline, gets caught having sex with one of the servants. And uh, Madame Lalori would not have that. And so she took the man up to her attic, which basically was a makeshift prison where she where we saw all of the just horrific torture that she does to her slaves. And uh, she decided to do a particular kind of torture to this man and uh, put a bull's head on him and make him, in her words, you know, a real life a minotaur. And uh, we also see in a later flashback that the minotaur, the man that she created into a minotaur, was actually a... Um, romantic love interest for the voodoo queen of New Orleans, who's known as Marie Laveau, and that's played by the fantastic Angela Bassett. And Angela Bassett arrives at Madame Lori's home with a quote-unquote love potion that was to make Madame LaLaurie's husband fall back in love with her as opposed to sleeping around. But in actuality, it uh, sort of poisoned her and uh, it uh, basically gave her the gift or maybe not much of a gift of eternal life, but eternal suffering as well because the voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, 
imprisoned her in a coffin and buried her alive. Mm. So, and we'll learn a little bit more about that when we continue on the recap of the episode. But uh, just, I want to get everyone's opinion on Madame LaLaurie, Kathy Bates, Angela Bassett, and that whole flashback storyline to the year of 1834. We'll start off with Darielle. Um, it was a bit uncomfortable to watch at the beginning simply because of all the, I know it's American Horror Story, so there's going to be gore, but the fact that it all correlates with pretty much true life stuff. So to think that this kind of stuff was really happening back then is just kind of freaks me out. It makes me glad that I wasn't born in that time era. Um, however, although Kathy Bates, she's always played a good crazy person I've noticed, but I kind of like her character and I know it sounds really messed up, but I appreciate the fact that she's very well read in Greek mythology so she kind of did her research as far as what she was going to do to F people up. And I can always appreciate people who do research and want to make things as authentic as possible. So, I don't know. But again, it made me really uncomfortable. I don't know. It was just, I can't, I can't, I lost my turn of thought. But <laughs> I don't know. I really, it was just kind of weird, you know, seeing this all fall in the place but I like the flashbacks going back and forth between old times and the new times because it kind of shows which is places back then and how it all leads up to how it's going on now I definitely yeah I'm gonna have to agree with you it definitely uh the part where it went back in time and it showed what she how she was treating her slaves it definitely made me uncomfortable especially seeing um the person uh, whose face was peeled back and also the one whose eyes and mouth were sewn shut and she had mm -hmm. put um, feces into their mouths. And I, it's the reason it hit me so hard is because it's, um, I've been like just learning about African-American history all my life. Mm -hmm. And seeing that, especially knowing that her character is real. I've known about uh, Madame Delore since I was 10 years old. Um, and knowing that, that that she was a real person, even me being 23 years old, it still scares the shit out of me. No pun intended. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, damn, like this person, they could have really done that or just all these things that I'm seeing, they could have true. They, they really did do that. They tortured these people. Um, I was kind of nervous about how, uh, how deep they were going to go into the torture with her. But I'm glad mm. they, they lightly touched on it. And hopefully they still touch on it, but it doesn't get as graphic as the things that she actually did. I don't really care for a lot of gory things. But um, I thought she was amazing. Um, I, I, I felt that she was actually Madame L L uh, Delalore. I, yeah. I, I really felt that. I was like, damn, like this bitch just rose from the dead and is playing this character now. Like, I felt that that was really her. Um, Angela Bassett, of course, she's flawless. She's beautiful. Um um, Marie Laveau was was also very beautiful and very um, and very smart, and I like the fact that um, they really they showed that. It's, once again, I felt like they embodied her and mm. the whole character. As far as just the whole flashback, one thing that really confused me um, was the Minotaur thing. I on it when she said, "When you want, if you want to act like an animal or whatever," I thought she was going to like take off his penis or something that's oh, what i was, him. yes that's what i was expecting but when she put the bull head on him i was 
I was still confused, and I don't know if that's something. Did she sew it on? Did he? Did he? Did she just let him sit there and die? I, I, I that was the part that really confused me. I didn't. Was the bullhead his part of his death or what? It was. I, I feel like it was number one, even more humiliation. She used. Yeah, um, it was like to shame him. Yeah, to okay. shame him. And then to not see what's coming, I guess. You know? Yeah, because he was okay. already tortured. You could see before they put the, the I was about to call it the mask, but the, before they Ooh. put the bull's head on him, he had all scars like all over his face, you know, on his arms and legs. Mm-hmm. So he was already tortured. This was almost like the icing on the cake. You know, this is okay. the ultimate humiliation. You know, you are an animal. You know, so we're gonna turn you literally turn you into an animal. You are not a man, you're an animal. Okay, then that that, now I definitely understand it. I understand that got to me the half man, half bull. Just looking at that was a trip. And then with the Kathy Bates, what you're talking about with the whole uh, when she said to rip your lips open and put more shit in there. Oh, yes. I hated that. I hated that so much because it was like, and just like you said, I mean, when she said, like. Why, the guy said, why are you doing this? And she's like, because I can. I was like, man, there were people that evil, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah, it, that, that just got me. Mm-hmm. White privilege. And mm. you're, yeah, her character, it, it was just, it was too much, but I'm glad that it was too much because if it was not enough, I wouldn't be satisfied. Yeah. I just, they really, Mariah Murphy, he really knows how to just tap into it and know how to make you uncomfortable and and what is scary to someone and to me knowing that people like that exist and knowing that she wasn't the only one to do it but one of the few that were brought to the light about it and like you said the fact that she said because i can that right there just just makes her so evil as a Mm -hmm. person like she could have just been like come up with some stupid excuse but she just kept it real g she's like because i can (laughs) She did. Like, and why are you questioning (laughs) me about this? And that's, I'm kind of glad that they kind of went overboard as the way it is. Because a lot of people nowadays try and hush the fact that this really happened. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't there in those times, but we know it happened. And so, you know, American Horror Story is a show that many people of many different backgrounds like to watch. So this kind of brings to light that there's proof that this happened and this is how it went down and not to, you know, kind of, I know there are those, you know, people who are really way, way, way into civil rights <laughs> sometimes, like, but sometimes those people have a point kind of proving like, look, this is what our people had to go through. Don't try and just sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. It kind of brought- the child. You saw the child, the young kid is the one that put the, the bullhead. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine if that like can you imagine just the fear? Can you can you just imagine the feelings That's that he felt? That that right there. Yeah, that you, part I, actually and I'm I'm really sensitive, but this part that part t- made me tear up mm-hmm. cuz he's already a child. He's very vulnerable mm-hmm. and innocent and he didn't ask to come there. He was just, you know, really young. So it depends on how long she's had the mass service. He was one of her current slaves had him. Yes, exactly. So he mm-hmm. was brought into that. He's just a little boy and the fact that he at such a young age, he couldn't have been more than seven at the most. Having to 
having to do all of this and it just broke my heart. I teared up a little bit to know that stuff like this really, really, really happened. And we just got to know how to educate people and putting it, putting it in popular shows like this kind of does that. I, you're, you're, I, I definitely will agree with you. And you're right when you, when you think about it and seeing the kid do it, it's, it's definitely heartbreaking. The fact that, that he couldn't say no, the fact mm. that he is a African-American male, doing mm. and he's putting or i guess this is so weird bestowing this this bullhead on someone that you know his is his family mm-hmm. i couldn't i couldn't even imagine it's just that's just too much for me right there mhm it was a very difficult opening scene for me to watch especially once we were going through her for lack of a better word chamber of horrors knowing that all of it is accurate and uh, that, I mean, you just got to go to her Wikipedia page and you'll read exactly what she did and, and worse. I mean, it was just, it was so graphic to watch and much like, I mean, all of you have said, you know, the, the one with uh, the, the face, you know, cut off and, mm-hmm. you know, eyes sewn up. I mean, it was, it was very difficult to watch. All I know is Kathy Bates is going to win the Emmy and uh, oh, we're yeah. going to go into, <laughs> we're going to go into you some spoilers later on and just knowing where her storyline is going. I mean, there's just no way that she's not going to win an Emmy. So Kathy Please. Bates, get ready for best supporting actress in a miniseries for next week. I mean, That's not okay. next year. Yeah, she if she can put that one right next to the one she won for Misery. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about a couple of the other witches that we haven't talked about. So we talked about Marie Laveau. We've talked about the young girls in the school. We didn't really chat too, too much about the daughter, Cordelia Fox, who's played by Sarah Paulson. She's the headmistress of the Academy. And we also met very, very briefly Frances Conroy's character, whose name is Myrtle Snow. She was the mysterious red-haired lady with elaborate cigarettes who uh, (laughs) was flanked by a brigade of uh, men in black. So what did everyone think of these two witches? I feel like Cordelia has a lot more about her that we aren't seeing just yet. I feel like she's the type who can really just kind of F shit up. And (laughs) she covers it with this whole demure. I love how Darielle knows letters. F it up. I don't like the fuck word. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that one. But yeah, like, okay, fuck shit up. You want me to say it? She just, I feel like she just hides, not necessarily hides because that is her, that is her personality. What I'm trying to say, I feel like she can do some damage to you if she really wants to, but she will feel bad about it. Kind of, she just wants to be normal kind of thing or suppress her power, use her powers for good. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm Yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't feeling her. I know maybe just because she was just so laid back and. I guess I guess we'll see how Cordelia and then her mom Fiona, you know, how that whole relationship pans out. But not, you know, right right now I was like, come on, girl, talk back to your mom, say something. You're just gonna. The mom at one time she's like, you know, I'll drop this whole house on you or something. She's like, like, don't make me drop a house. Don't make me drop a house on you. Oh, buddy. I'm gonna have to agree. I'm not feeling Cordelia at all. Um, 
Mainly because I and I I'm I'm have to say this. Maybe they'll give her she'll have a, a point where she's gonna turn dark and she's gonna embrace the fact that she is the Supreme's daughter. You know, but for okay. the first episode, all I saw was laying a banana, to be honest, with a different hairstyle. <laughs> That's all I saw. And it's just be but it's not her fault. It's just Sarah Paulson has this very just soft just appearance and the way that she speaks, the way that she moves her mouth when she speaks. She was perfect for Lana, but seeing her like that, she is like she's going to be a main character. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what she's going to bring. But I honestly, I wasn't impressed with what I uh, with, with what I saw. I felt like she was just too. When are you going to die already? I felt like she was a uh, very angsty and very just. Uh, I'm like I don't have time for this. I'm trying to raise these. I'm trying to help these kids and and make sure that they they can move about in the world and without being detected. And I feel like she's right now she's weak. And yeah. I don't I don't like weak people, but I'm going to open my eyes up and I'm going to give her a chance and see how her character builds. But I'm living for her mother. I'm a stand for Jessica <laughs> Lane all day. But I, I didn't really care for her. I just thought she was very weak. As far as um, Myrtle Snow, that hair girl, I thought she snatched it off a bunch of good guy dolls. Oh, and just like, the little crimps <laughs> all up in it. Yes, and no, right? And then she took one of those old school uh, crimps that you know you can replace the slides and you put hearts and shit in. Yeah. <laughs> but hers got broken and she couldn't replace the slides. So she, I can tell she was trying to crimp her and flatten her hair at the same time. But I just wasn't feeling it. Her, like, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I thought she stepped out of a time zone and was, and came out of another decade. And just not was today. She the maid? Was she the maid in season one? She yep. was. And I think that's oh, why okay, I'm so right. used to seeing her mm-hmm. as. And she's the angel like, of death last season. But yeah. she was everything okay. in last season with her accent, the cigarettes, oh, her trying to turn uh, Sister Jude out. That was that was everything for me. But I'm really looking forward to her, and I hope that she plays a semi big character, or we learn more about her and why the fuck does she look like a Technicolor Chucky? I want to know about that. No, she didn't say that. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Though, did you see that hair? Did you see it? But there's there was something about her. She's like a female Ronald McDonald. Girl, that's Ronald McDonald's twice removed cousin. (laughs) <laughs> but her posse was cool like Poppy said, her posse I know cool. Ooh, that albino guy with the blonde uh-huh. hair he and... looks familiar he looks really familiar I feel like I've seen him somewhere Jaded was that guy in America's Next Top Model a couple weeks ago I think it's the same guy you think so for some reason like cause there's not a lot of albino people that are in a main like you know so he looks really familiar to me. I like the fact they had her just like, this bitch was with the men in black. Fuck it. Fuck what you heard. This bitch was with, this This bitch was with Agent J.K.L.M.N.O.P. <laughs> <laughs> and she was doing her thing. And then when she did her whole disappear motion, I was like, I can't wait to see what she has to bring. Because that hair, for some reason, is just, is an enigma. I want to know about it. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Myrtle. I mean, you guys would have covered Cordelia. I have the same feelings as well about her. She didn't impress me. She's, I don't know. I can understand her motivation. Like, why she wants the girls to not suppress, but sort of be cautious about their power. But I'm really interested in seeing how they develop her. Because 
as we've seen with other seasons, the way characters are at the beginning isn't necessarily how they are at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if we see a transformation with Cordelia. So let's talk about the only non-witch that we were introduced to besides the tongueless Spalding. And that is Kyle, who's played by oh. Evan Peters, who unfortunately has been relegated to someone that has to be dead. So let's talk a bit about Kyle. What did everyone think about Kyle? Did you think that in the first episode, Kyle would be killed? Like what was everyone's thoughts on Kyle? I'm seeing how they're going to put him back in. Cause there's no way they can just mm-hmm. kill off Evan Peters. He's everything in American horror story. When I think exactly. of American horror story, I think of Evan Peters as Tate. I think of him mm-hmm. as, uh, the I forgot his name in the second season. Well, you don't it don't matter. It, all it doesn't matter what his name, name was because he's I call Tate. him Evan Peters, my future baby daddy. That's we. <laughs> he's forever oh. Tate. That's what I kept calling That's him in Tate. the second season. But I was so sad. So I'm like, I mean, I know because in the promos for it, his his name was always mentioned. So I was like, I hope they don't, you know, do like Chris Brown did and stomp the yard and they hype this movie so much just to kill him off in the first five minutes i'm like they better not do this with evan peters he has to have a more major role in this i thought i loved this character for the time that he was introduced he was very still a party guy but one of the cool party guys that you can actually trust the cool frat guys not the one who will try and like manipulate you, you know or what anything. they say you know what they say about frat guys they're nothing but gangsters with bandanas right without yeah. bandanas <laughs> with ascots ascots and sperries I'm done fucking and with you. He should know because Deadly is a gangster with a bandana. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that frat boys are gangsters with maybe polos and, and, and khakis. But there we go. Um I personally feel like they're not gonna kill off Kyle just because everyone wants that love story with Violet and Tate. And mm-hmm. that's that's what they want. They truly want that. They want I personally feel like it's maybe Tate and Violet since it is in present day mm-hmm. in a different place that's how i feel like mm. they pull some they pull some down to earth shit and switch their they switch their spirits out with somebody else in a different body because yeah, this I, is not the real story listeners this but, is the story <laughs> but i feel like i really feel like like zoe and violet are the same person only this bitch isn't blowing smoke in someone's face you know, like she wasn't disrespectful. Like she, I feel like they're the same person. When he locked eyes with her from across the room, and they were looking at each other through that panel of of uh, ice, I got a um a Romeo plus Juliet feel with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh Because yes. they saw each other through the fish tank. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. just like, that has to be paying homage to that. But they're not going to get rid of him. I feel like. There's going to be a, um, I don't know if you guys ever have ever seen Pushing Daisies, but I feel like that's the kind of vibe it's going to give. She can't have sex with him, but she, you can tell it's love at first sight. She really likes him and he's undead. He's uh, pretty much a Frankenstein. They're going to, you know, they're going to be with each other for as long as they possibly can and function as well as they possibly can, but not as a normal couple would. That's and you heard Addie, Addie, the one, the clairvoyant one, kind of told her that she mm-hmm. will have love again. Mm-hmm. In an exactly. unexpected way. Yep. Right. And rest They're in peace, bring pushing a, daisies. A necromancy person back. They're going to bring somebody in like that. That's my, that's my, uh, Well, Misty prediction. Day 
Lily Rabe, or Rab, mm-hmm. however you pronounce it, she is a series regular. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe she might thinking. be able to use her necromancy That's on herself. That's what I was thinking when that first when mm-hmm. when when Kyle died. I was like, "There's no way they're gonna have to bring that hippie chick back because <laughs> they don't have to bring Stevie Nicks Jr. back." They have to because that's the only way I could see him coming back in this series and introducing well, no, they, her as a regular as well. They use uh, a few of like on mm-hmm. the that was in the, the the preview. Yeah, on the episode uh, two uh, ep- preview, they show him laying on a pentagram. So they may do some practical magic shit. Mm. I see. Like for mm. some reason, I'm seeing all these. They're paying all this. Uh, well, I think homage to these different movies about love and, and that's what they've done on with the other series. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I can definitely say they're probably gonna do a practical magic thing, but he's not gonna come out crazy as hell and start choking out people and shit. But I, I feel like they're not gonna really bring that um, misty day back to physical life because remember they burned her at the stake. They're probably gonna bring her back either in spirit or as um, flashbacks. Because once a witch is dead, they're dead. They don't have immortality. They don't have what voodoo priestess have. And that's what Fiona is looking for. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Now let's wrap up the storylines. Basically where we sort of left off. We sort of talked already about Fiona and everyone else. So let's wrap up the actual storyline for the episode. Fiona comes back into town. She was going to take the girls to the former headquarters of what she called a quote unquote alternative coven implying that the witch world has several different factions throughout history of uh, disagreeing philosophies. But Nan led them into Madame Lalari's old house and um after fiona sort of did this awesome jedi mind trick on the tour guide she had the tour guide give them a free tour of the building and uh, that's where we learned the story (laughs) you're gonna do it for free right i know she was like you're gonna do it for free she's like i'm gonna do it for free i was like yes Yes. i was like you damn skippy gonna do it for free yes so that's where we saw the continuing story of uh, marie laveau with madame lalari and then fiona finds nan across the street saying that the lady of the house was buried there and that she's talking to her so later on in the episode well before we get to that just to sort of wrap up the the whole bus thing so zoe and madison go to a frat party madison as we've said got gang raped by a bunch of kyle's frat brothers and so she out of vengeance flips the bus and everyone died except for two zoe visited the hospital hoping that one of the two was kyle but unfortunately it was not it was actually the one that um the ringleader of the frat brothers that basically was the one sort of in charge of uh, doing the gang rape and zoe decided to use her power to kill him so now we're back to fiona Fiona has some workmen dig up the spot where Nan indicated that she could hear Madame Lalari, and out of the coffin came a very much alive Madame Lalari, and looking very extremely confused, and in probably one of the best lines of the night, Fiona tells her, come on, Mary Todd Lincoln, I'll buy you a drink. Yes, go on. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I about fell off my couch and I heard her say that. I was like, yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and so yes, that's yes, the yes, yes. end of American Horror Story Coven, episode number one, titled Bitchcraft. So wrapping up, what did you guys think of, I guess, the ending of the episode one storylines? And uh, what did you think of the episode as a whole? And what are you most looking forward to, especially having, after having seen the preview for episode two? I'm looking forward to Slave Zombies. Period. That's what I'm looking forward to. I can't, and I hope that they do some thriller esque shit. I hope they do the clap with the with the slide of the legs. I hope they do that. I hope they got to do something because after seeing Jessica Lange do the name game, I want to see at least one musical attribute something in there. I want to see at least one musical thing Uh, because the 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 show itself is so animated already. And it, it's already kind of campy and and scary and all kind of crazy stuff. I I just want to see just that one thing. If not, I'm okay with that. But I would really like to see that. I'm just to be honest with you, the first uh, the first episode of the season it did an amazing job. It was more than I thought it would be because I am an extreme fan. I thought I was going to like it regardless, no matter what. It could have seriously been an hour of Jessica Lang taking a shit on a toilet and I would have been happy. I don't give a fuck. Now that would have been one horror story. I, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a simple, it was, it was something I wasn't expecting. It was amazing. It was, it was funny. It was, um, it was bone chilling. It sometimes it made it really hard to watch. And I just feel like, I hope they, um, they really get into, um, Marie Laveau's character. I hope that she is serving just southern bitchy cunty realness. That's all I want from her. Her and her and her twist braids. That's all I want is her to be serving nothing but cunty Rocky. realness. She was, and she had her legs propped up over that arm, uh, that arm of the chair, and she was like, "Bitch, like that's what she looked like, bitch." I've been alive longer than anything, and I put that bitch on the ground for a reason. So either you give her back to me, or we're going to have some issues. (laughs) And and I like the fact that she's just like, bam, like, if you don't like it, so what? I'm fucking Madam Lula. Get the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck who you are. Do you know who I am? Oh, you don't? Well, I'm about to show you who I am. I'm I'm looking forward to see what... Angela Bassett can bring I've never seen her in such a a strong character like this besides when she was and um what's love got to do with it and Mm -hmm. she's beautiful she's an amazing actress she's talented I already know Kathy Bates gonna slay Mm -hmm. so uh, let me start sending my congratulations for your award card to her in the mail because I know she gonna get it because she's amazing I'm just I'm ready to see who we're gonna bring on board who are we gonna see in previous seasons that we haven't seen yet um I hope there's a pepper in the mix I hope they have they I hope they just put pepper in the background just sit there and wait for everybody to know it's her (laughs) like (laughs) that's all I need in my life is just a little bit of pepper but (laughs) A little bit uh, of spice. Little just bit. a little bit of spice. I need a little <laughs> bit of pinhead in my life. That's all I need. So I, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I feel like it's going to be amazing. And I don't think that it'll top season two as far as shock and awe and holy shit, what that just happened. There's aliens now. But I, I feel like I, it's still going to, it's still going to have me like on the edge of my seat and crying and, and just emotionally attached to a lot of the characters. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they work out with Kathy Bates, the originally 1834 
and now she's in what 2013, and and just in the land of iPhones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and, she, and if you remember, Fiona even said that she's like Twitter, Facebook. You can't live in no shadows now. It's like mm-hmm. I just want to see how they deal with that. It's going to be cool. Yeah, definitely. I want to see them put a like a cell phone or something in. <laughs> What her is this like device? Bringing exactly. that back. What is this device? <laughs> and the way, and it's funny because the way that she talks, and and you can tell like she's still when you've been in a box for that long, you've had enough time to think, and just be like, damn. But it's weird because you're enclosed, so you don't get to see what's going on. You don't get to see how things have advanced, how things have changed. She I came did. from a time where you could own people you can own people and do whatever you want i'm not saying that it doesn't happen today because it still does but you where you could just openly treat a person like shit and and not be reprimanded for it and then now you live in a day and age where people have civil rights people are 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 blending together and openly interracial dating and 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 gay relationships and and gay marriage I can't wait for this bitch to see what Twitter is about. I want. I want, I want to see her try and go ham on a black chick or a black oh, person no. and watch them slap the dog shit out of her because I know that's oh. gonna happen. I hope it's Queenie. <laughs> I hope it's Queenie. I, I, that's what I was just gonna say. I hope it's Queenie Precious because uh, <laughs> I feel like she got a mean oh. swing. She had a mean swing, and she, she gonna she gonna try her, and Queenie's gonna be like, "Oh, word!" and stab herself in the face. But you know, <laughs> the best thing that brings it about, I don't think that Madame, Le, I don't think that Madame uh, Lalori can die. So you have, if you put the voodoo, uh, the voodoo, the human voodoo doll together with someone who can't die, huh. that right there, that's endless entertainment. Can She's gonna try to kill this bitch. Could she reverse it? I think that's something they may do. But she's been living in this box. Uh, bound and gagged. She hasn't eaten. She hasn't... I don't think that... I think that she was supposed to live in that box. She was just supposed to be alive in that box forever. Mm. So, if you bring, like I said, Queenie into the mix, Queenie is probably gonna fuck her up with a fork all day long. Just because <laughs> she knows she can. Like, that like part... Like we already I said, Evan Peters has got to come back, too. That's all. Yeah. I he feel like he back. is. He has That's to. I'm looking forward to because he's always been like I've always liked him. So I just really I'm really interested in seeing how he's going to come back in the mix and seeing his relationship with Zoe develop because I really I think they have good chemistry. Although he is dating Emma Roberts, so I wonder how she feels about that. But uh, <laughs> I and just, more Fiona Coke binges. I got to see more of that. Yes, please, please. I want to see more chiffon drapes. And coke bitches. That's all I want to see. And wind. That's all I want to see for like the next couple of episodes. As long as they have that, they put Pepper in the background when she's doing her little thing. And then she, I'm telling you, if Pepper says, if someone says rats, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Good grief. rubber man coming out too. Yeah. Well, please, if I see the rubber man somehow making, or if I even get a whiff of bondage that involves rubber, I'm done. Best season in the world. Best season in the yeah. world. Yeah. Please bring Mrs. Harmon back, even as a bum. Best season in the world, period. Lord. Yes. So it was an outstanding first episode. I just, I love all the characters and I can't wait to see what happens next. So speaking of what happens next, listeners, if you do not want spoilers, I suggest you turn the volume down low because this is a spoiler alert. 
Spoiler alert. First up, I'm going to read a couple of press releases for the upcoming episode. So for episode 302, the episode is going to be titled Boy Parts, and here is the official press release. Fiona helps Zoe and Madison deal with a horrible tragedy. Delphine LaLaurie struggles to adjust to modern life. Cordelia faces a dark decision about her family. We also have the official synopsis of boy parts and here's the official synopsis death has failed to claim more than one person including madame lalori whose secret fiona is determined to ferret out the next day at morning gathering queenie tells the story of how she first discovered her powers and ancestry and ended up at the academy the gathering is interrupted by a pair of detectives sanchez and styles who want to talk to madison and zoe about what happened at the frat party fiona makes sure their investigation ends immediately leaving the girls utterly terrified of her Later, Madison decides to pay Zoe back for her help, but when Madison decides to play Dr. Frankenstein and build Zoe the quote-unquote perfect boyfriend, things go gruesomely wrong. Meanwhile, Cordelia and Hank meet with a fertility doctor, but after a year of treatments, there's still no progress. Hank exhorts her to use her magic instead. Cordelia is reluctant, but ultimately assents to the black ceremony despite her misgivings. Back at the academy, Lori tells the story of how she came to be immortal, cursed and buried alive by Marie Laveau. As Fiona confronts the still-living Marie, risking ending the ages-old truce between the witches and the voodoo priestesses, Lori makes her escape. Though after 180 years in a coffin, she is unprepared for the modern world, and Zoe and her new quote-unquote boyfriend find themselves with a new and somewhat unsettling ally. Next up, we also have the official press release for episode 3, which is titled The Replacements. Here we go. Fiona takes on an unlikely protege. A guilt-ridden Zoe tries to give Kyle his old life back. Madison has a fiery exchange with Joan Ramsey, a new neighbor. Here's the press release for episode 4, which is titled Fearful Pranks and Sue. Fiona's choices rattle a decades-long truce between the Salem witches and Marie Laveau. The Council of Witchcraft pays a surprise visit to the Academy with disturbing allegations. We also have the press release for episode 5, which is titled Burn Witch Burn. Besieged by Marie Laveau's army, Zoe unleashes a new power. Fiona and Myrtle clash over control of the coven. Madame LaLaurie is confronted by old ghosts. We also have the episode title of episode six and that's going to be called the axeman cometh we also have some interesting casting scoop for the series actor leslie jordan who um, is popular for his role on will and grace of beverly leslie announced he actually uh came to omaha there you I go. I love him. He's Shout out to Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan has joined the cast. He's going to play one of the witches on the Witches Council. Of course he would. Yes. I love him. He's such a little nugget. He's just so little. He's adorable. 
I just want to put it in my pocket and just, just hang out and sip mar- apple martinis or something. Something fancy. There you go. <laughs> Newcomer Alexander Draymond has landed a recurring role on Coven. He's going to play the son of Patty Lapone's character there. The, um, there are people that move in next door to the Academy. We've also learned that actor Danny Houston has been cast as the quote-unquote, per Ryan Murphy's Twitter, as the sexy and dangerous boyfriend of Jessica Lange's character. And it is also rumored that he is going to be playing the serial killer, the Axeman. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, I also forgot to mention that uh, we also have the episode title for episode 7, and that's going to be called The Dead. And uh, other bits of news, we found out that Patty Lapone and Jessica Lang are going to face off, so they're going to be <gasps> enemies. Patty Lapone is going to be playing a sort of fundamentalist Christian. She's going to be sort of like the hard right, as opposed to Jessica Lang, who's a much more liberal, obviously, character. After the episode premiered, Ryan Murphy did an interview with TV Line where he answered some burning questions. And there were a lot of spoilery tidbits that were released. So I'm just going to read some of the spoilers. Um, everyone else that's interested in reading more about it can certainly visit our lag page, which can be found at facebook.com forward slash PCR. Are you afraid? So here's some spoilery tidbits. Apparently, Fiona is going to make Madame LaLaurie be Queenie's personal slave as payback for all of the atrocities that Madame LaLaurie did in the 1800s. So, through that relationship... Can call that? Can we repeat that again? I think Cat Meow already thought that. Darielle or Cat's Meow said that was going to happen. What? Yeah. They saw it coming. Yeah. What? What are we talking about? About Madame like LaLaurie being Queenie's slave. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, as per Ryan Murphy, what he says, through that relationship, she has an entire season of guilt and remorse and finally learning about the gravity of what she did. We're also going to see, obviously, Marie Laveau in the present day. Marie Laveau is going to run a hair salon called, get ready for this, Corn Rose City. Yes. That is so ratchet. Where she's gone undercover. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready to, yes. I, you can braid my hair anytime, uh, Marie Laveau. You can go ahead and put them singles, twist in, whatever you feel like you need to do. Because um, she's everything. I'm happy. It's funny because since she is taking undercover and it's a long call, Corn Road City, um, that's actually true. She did. Um, she worked in a salon. Yeah, and she yeah. worked for uh, white people. Mm. There you go. Wow. Ryan Murphy also said that we're going to find out who takes Fiona's throne, but not until episode 12, which is the um, finale of the season. And so he was asked, does that mean Jessica's character will become a threat to the students? And he goes, Ryan Murphy, of course, goes, oh, she kills one of them in episode <gasps> three. She's not giving it up. Fiona thinks she's found out who the Supreme is, and that person gets killed. She's not giving up that throne. No way. And so he goes on to talk about um, 
Kyle storyline, and it was very much influenced by Mary Shelley. Apparently, for the first handful of episodes that Kyle comes back, he doesn't even speak. For the first six episodes, he doesn't speak. So they had to do a lot with body language and mime. And then they asked, does Coven have its own version of Bloody Face or Rubberman? And he goes, the arch villains of the season are the Minotaur from the cold opening of the premiere and the Axeman, who was an actual serial killer in New Orleans. And then he goes on to talk about Cordelia and her repressing her power. And he goes, Sarah, Sarah Paulson, the actress, starts off prim and proper. And then there's something that happens to her character around episode five that forces her to realize, okay, my mother may be right. And that's also a great dynamic to play. And, you know, off of a mother and daughter who don't like each other, where Sarah starts and where Sarah ends up is completely the opposite of what she's been playing in that first episode. It was hard for her to play that very buttoned up and prim. She likes to vibrate and do stuff that's a little more out there, but she gets to soon enough. And then they talk about Myrtle Snow, and it says that they're going to flash back to a time when Fiona was 18 years old and so was Myrtle and they were in school and that's when they became bitter rivals. Apparently Myrtle is Fiona's nemesis and it says that Fiona was very deadly even at 18 years old. Deadly. Deadly. Uh Deadly. There you go. Deadly. Oh, (laughs) And then he, he was asked if that famous promotional poster of the snake in three people's mouths if that's going to manifest itself in the season and he goes to say yes there is a three-way that is a clue that i don't want to say too much about as far as the snake going i thought um well let's see mary laveau uh, marie laveau did have a snake and his name was zombie uh no e at the end and then uh the fact that there's a black woman and there's two white women, that could signify the fact that there may be a, a three-way in between those three women. Who knows? And mm-hmm. not three-way sexually, but three-way as in all these women. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Fiona, uh, LaLaurie, and Laveau. No, it's going to be Marie, Myrtle, and Fiona are going to have sex. You think so? Why not? No, I don't know. That's That's... <laughs> That's I think it's going to be witches. Skin. I don't think they're going to throw in Lalori having sex with Marie well, Laveau. Just, like, I'm not saying maybe from a sexual standpoint, but it could be Better like... grab that dildo. I'm over you. Goodbye. That lambskin. <laughs> I was just... Oh, shut that up. lambskin dildo. So it's <laughs> not uh, human skin. It's lambskin. <laughs> that was right. the worst episode of Catfish I've ever seen before in my life. <laughs> I was doing damn well. There ain't no damn lambskin dildo. Might have D pimping on. I'm done with y'all. Good night. I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) Yes. So, what does everyone think of all of these scoops that I just mentioned? Spoiler alert. I'm kind of mad you mentioned them. I know, right? (laughs) Because now, like, there's no mystery now. It's just like. I now now that you said that someone's gonna die, part of me wants to say that it's gonna be Madison, but it's too obvious. But 
Fiona did pick up on the strength of uh, Madison's powers. Yes, she did. What does she call so, Evil witch bitch or something she, she called was, like, dropped by her, and then that's when no, she was like, oh, sloppy yeah? Witch bitch. Sloppy <laughs> witch bitch. That's it. like, damn. And I don't think it's going to be Queenie, because I feel like Queenie's got so much to offer right now, and we really haven't gotten a chance to get to know her. Um, and, and we just gonna call old girl Addie, cause she forever Addie. Her name is Nan. I hope they but, don't kill her off, because that means that they're just gonna kill her off every time that she's on the show. Well, like, no, she was in the show for a minute, She was on the show for, like, three episodes. Yeah, and she got knocked the hell out in the middle it, of her. It'll probably be one of those girl. things she meant to shut up. <laughs> she meant to probably hit Madison, but she's probably gonna hit somebody else. Because I don't, I don't, I really, I would be really upset if they kill off Madison so quickly. Because she is, to me, she's a very important character. She's that mean girl. She's that mean witch girl who, you know, who's very manipulative. And she knows that what she has is a gift and she's going to, she's not going to use it for good. And she, there's a possibility she could be the Supreme. Because, I'm sorry, like, I just don't think that Zoe is, but... She's kind of a weak character to me, too. And Madison may be having a sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they all died. Okay. Y'all are demented. They I had can't. no time okay. to put it in the cloud. <laughs> Ooh. All, all of them had androids. <laughs> oh, my God. Does everyone else's opinions on spoilers? Does... Uh, it make you excited to see the next couple of episodes. I'm excited. I, when I hear spoilers, I kind of like to spin it because I really don't like to hear them. But I spin it because it's like now You're I know. On the wrong show. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like I, I'm just excited to see how it's all going to play out. I know it's going to happen, so let's see how they do it, kind of thing. And I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see what's going on. Like DVR, you know, let's hook it all up. Excited. Yeah, That's, I can't wait. This is, this is going to be the season right here. And we got the crew right here on this show. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. So before we go, I do want to give this phenomenal news. This phenomenal news that is the ratings. FX's American Horror Story Coven launched Wednesday night to the anthology franchise's biggest audience ever. The debut was seen by 5.5 million viewers, up 44%, almost 50% from last year's American Horror Story Asylum. The episode also delivered a 3.0 rating among adults 18 to 49, up roughly 90% from last fall, and topping everything on regular broadcast television except for Modern Family. So it did very well, and if you add in the show's first encore, which aired immediately after the premiere, American Horror Story had a total of 7.8 million viewers tuning in. So definitely outstanding numbers for the series. And I mean, I think it proves that this was one of the most highly anticipated shows of the fall. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone, I mean, people, you know, for those that listen to Poppy Chula Radio, people that don't typically like horror like 
reality host Dominique Morgan and push forward with Marshall Evans host Marshall Evans. They were interested in seeing American Horror Story. And these are two individuals who have stated publicly on their shows that they do not like anything horror related. So it's a true testament to the casting as well as to the storyline. So definitely shout out to American Horror Story. We will be here every week every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific with a brand new installment of are you afraid you can like our like page just go to facebook.com forward slash p c r then the words spelled out all of this together are you afraid or you can actually click on the promotional image for are you afraid and that's on the poppy chula radio homepage, and it'll take you exactly to the like page so if you have any questions comments or concerns listeners please email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com co-host can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on the web yeah you can hit me up on twitter uh uh, slash deadly two two one three, and I think I have some links on there. And you can always find me in my boudoir. Yeah, wow. Lord, today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys can catch me on Twitter at what the hell Darielle. That's W T H D A R I E L L E. And of course, you can subscribe to me on YouTube. That's Darielle. Dairy spell like milk products. D A I R Y. E-L-L-E. I don't know where Cat Meow went. Maybe she... I don't know. I think she's in a coffin with Marie Laveau right now. But uh, just to let you know, I guess she had technical difficulties. You can find her on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash catsmeow90. You can... Uh, like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And you can also follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Remember, listeners, we are going to be here every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on poppychuloradio.com with our recap of American Horror Story Coven. And definitely like our like page because. Uh, if you comment on the like page, we may read your comments on the air. As long as we get a good amount of people, a good amount of people commenting, <laughs> we may feature your comments on the show. So, co-hosts, wish everyone a good night. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. See you in the boudoir. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>